I humbled myself, slept on an airbed. I started to ask my amazing friends, what should I do, girl? Oh my God, I don't know what to do. One of my amazing friends, Alex Will, she says, Skittles, if you built a million dollar brand, build another one. <laughs> I, I was like, literally a light bulb popped on in my head. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. This is uh, an amazing show where we find amazing people who built amazing stuff. And I don't know why this, this episode hasn't been done before, but I think perfect timing because... Um, I got my friend, my partner, uh, Mary Seat Skittles. You go by Skittles, Mary Seats? Whichever. Whichever. It doesn't honestly matter. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know you had a, like a different stage now because you just, you morphed. You always been a boss, but you like morphed into like this mogul, super duper true influencer. Like you influence people. Oh, wow. So go on and introduce yourself. And we're going hey, to guys. It. I am Mary Seats. Most people know me on Instagram as Miss Skittles. Um, I am a serial entrepreneur. I own Cupcake Mafia, which I started with $300. This is my first business venture. And I grew into a multi-million dollar brand in four years. Um, and with that brand, I experienced so many different things. Mm-hmm. I built it to a multi-million dollar brand, had a huge opportunity with Forever 21. I partnered with investors. I lost my brand. I bought it back. And then... I opened a factory in China. I Whoa, okay. All right. We're not speeding <laughs> past all this. Because there are some people that know your story, but uh, there are many, many, many more people who don't know your story. Okay. So um, right now you're doing brand management. Yes. Right? Of who? Like, who are some of the... B. Simone, Tamar Braxton, Candy. I hate name dropping my clients, but I work with a lot of... I'm literally the secret sauce behind every... A lot of influencer or celebrities special recipe. What's your sauce? What is your sauce? What is my that thing? sauce is marketing and branding. Like I do it with my eyes closed. It's it's easy to me. I built mm-hmm. multi million dollar brands overnight. You built multi million dollar. Give me an example. Okay, so when B Simone started with me, she was at like ninety thousand followers, and really? I've only been working with her for four years. She's at five million followers on Instagram. If you walk into any foot action that carries ladies' clothing, she has a, she is the first female to co-found her own apparel brand with foot action. The first, first, not female, the first person in the world to co-found her own 
collection, input action. Her deal prob- is probably better than, I don't know, half of these athletes that have shoes. Wow. And this deal I negotiated in the middle of a pandemic when she was going viral mm. and everybody was against, you know, whatever. And I negotiated the deal. So I believe that not only do I have the secret sauce when it comes to marketing and branding, I have the relationships. Mm. And that's most important. Wow. Okay. Woo. All right. So that that's out there. I promise you we are <laughs> going to get to that. But I have to kind of rewind the tape and go back to Skittles the rapper. Oh I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back to that Skittles because we need to follow that this journey. We've got to. And I'm gonna ask you to kick a freestyle. Oh I'm my like, gosh. So so walk me through your journey of um, you know, how you got here. Okay. So like maybe what was high school like? Okay. So let me just tell you, I did not have it easy growing up, right? Um, You're talking about a girl who had a struggling relationship with her mother. You're talking about a girl that felt counted out, felt like, you know, went through a lot of depression, went through a lot of lost moments. And um, I eventually left living with my mom to live with my dad in high school. And I'm from Cleveland, Mm -hmm. but my mom lived in Indianapolis, so I moved to Cleveland. Um, And that was rough, okay, because... Moving from Indiana, where you have when you were homeless, like living in a car with your mom, to living in Cleveland, where your dad is kind of like a huge activist. If you guys mm. go on my Instagram and look through my IGTV, you'll hear of stories of my dad being like beaten in the streets, and like me finding the police beating my dad and things like that. Yeah, so I I went from like left field being straight poor, like. I cannot remember a gift that my mom ever got me for Christmas. Like, we just didn't have it. Like, we didn't have a Christmas tree. I remember my uncle giving me money for Christmas, and I, like, literally walked to Family Dollar and wrapped my own gifts and put them under the table just so that I can feel Christmas that next morning because I know that my mom didn't have it. So I went from that to then my dad having money and my godparents literally stepping into my life and my my par- my godparents and my dad had money. So I was like, rock wear down, you know, like <laughs> I went from having nothing, wearing like, you know, pulling it together, struggling to pull it together to like having money um, and having finer things in life and but not having the relationship with my dad because my dad was an activist. So he was so tied to his activism in the streets, you know? Mm. And we talk about that because in high school, I lost my sister to suicide. Yes, my senior year of high school, we found my sister um, committed suicide in the lobby of her building. But the lobby was like ducked off. So we didn't find her until 14 days later when she was almost decomposed, yes. And this was while you were living with your dad or your mom? While we were living with my dad in Cleveland. Yep. Also, oh, both you and your sister moved to your... Well, my sister is my dad's daughter. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha, I met gotcha. her when I got to Cleveland. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you were, were you really close with your mom? Yeah. I'm, I was close with my mom, but it was a broken relationship. You understand? Explain. Like when you grow up... Okay. So I believe that this 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 could be a whole honestly a whole another podcast right mm. because i believe that parents and and why i waited so late to have my kid is because i believe that women at a very young age by men or by society alone are kind of forced 
I'm not going to say forced, but it's kind of a narrative that you need to have kids. You're getting old. You need to have kids. You need, you know, or you, or they think that by having a kid with this guy is going to keep the relationship stronger mm. or having a kid, you know, you, you'll keep him home or whatever it may be. And which is why I waited so late, because this is my second marriage, which this story is going. Oh, uh, hold on. Uh, what? Yes. What? I've known you for years. How did, OK. All right. Keep, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, we gonna get to the good part, oh you gosh. guys. But yes. I think it's important for people to know, like where you come from, because people see you now and they're like, "Oh, well, she must have had money, or she had these opportunities." And even kind of like midway through your story, you had certain connections. But like, there's some stuff I, I and I've known you for a long time, and yes. I never, never know. Yes. So, so I didn't have a really good relationship with my mother because I felt like my mom had kids and was not ready to have kids. So a lot of the weight that she bared on her back from what she went through growing up with her parents or just what she went through in society or in the world as a black woman, she put it on our kids. So every day I remember her saying like, oh, I would be a singer if it wasn't for you kids. I would be this if it wasn't for the kids. Oh, girl, sit down. Like if it wasn't for y'all kids, I would be so much more successful. And like that literally burned my brain in the inside. Like we did not ask to be here, mom. Like I I don't know. And so from there, I felt like there was a huge disconnection because I didn't know my existence. Like from a little kid hearing that every day, oh, if I wouldn't have had you, I would have been this. Mm. Then you feel like you're already a roadblock in your mom's life. Like you don't feel like a blessing. You feel like a curse, you know? So growing up like that, I kind of always wanted to prove my mom and my pe- and the people around me wrong. Like, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to be this. I'm not going to be that. So it was put in- into me since I was young to have this, like, hunger, you know, mm. to want more than what I was conditioned to or what was easily accessible to me, which was poverty, you mm. know? So I didn't have a really good relationship with my mom. So when I moved with my dad, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I heard so much about him. Like, he's all on TV. All of my family says he's rich, like, all of these things. And my dad had just went to jail for, like, I think like six years or something like that. Mm. So when I came, when I came, he literally picked me up in India. I wrote him a suicide letter. It was like, this will be the last letter you get from me. I heard that you're getting out of jail in like two months. If you don't come and get me from Indiana, this is going to be the last time you hear from me. In two months, he was on the highway with my uncle to come get me. I never met. I don't remember meeting this guy. Like, I don't remember the relationship because when we moved to Indiana, I was so young. So I don't really remember my dad like that. So he picked me up. I'm like, okay, whatever. Get me out of this house Mm. at this point. I'm thinking we're going to move. We're going to get to Cleveland. We're going to be in this big mansion. Mm. Like, money go be fly. Have butler. Like, all of these things. (laughs) (laughs) Lo and behold, we pull up to my grandfather's house. This little lady opens the door and says, hi, are you uh, Art's daughter? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, you're going to stay here. I'll be right back. I'm like, what? And she's like, come in, come in. I literally had no clothes. So I had a big, huge suitcase with like five things in it. And she's like, you don't have a coat? It's cold in Cleveland. And I was like, we don't wear coats in Cleveland. We don't wear coats in Indiana. It doesn't get that cold. But I had conditioned myself to lie 
because I didn't have it. So when I went to school without a coat, when I went to school without shoes or hair, I just said like, oh, I'm not cold. Like I never get cold. I'm, it's really hot in this school. Like y'all not hot? Yeah. So that other kids wouldn't think like, she don't ever got no coat on or she doesn't ever have this or she doesn't ever have that. So I conditioned myself to like create this wall to not let people see what I really was lacking, you know? Wow. So when I got to her house... And I found out, like, oh, this is where I'm going to be living. But wait, where does my dad live? My dad lives with his girlfriend, who he was like, it's too many people over here. Like, you can't live here. This is not the best conditions. These people are God-fearing people. My dad, his, my grandfather lived there. And this is, you're safe here. And he came and picked me up for school every day and took me home. So you li- actually lived with your grandparents while your dad lived I live with my grandparents father and godparents so they're actually my cousins but they literally (laughs) like my godparents know me and I have a stronger relationship with them than my real parents Mm. like now this story is getting too deep no but I'm saying it's it's so you know from the outside looking in you have no problems you have no like you have (laughs) The perfect husband, not perfect, because I, I know marriage, okay? <laughs> but you got the perfect husband, and y'all building a house, and you like, I think it's 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 freeing to let people know that there's a real, there's a real struggle behind yes. all this success. So if somebody's going through it right now, and they're thinking, whoa, I mean, I got some issues with my mom and my dad, but not like Skittles, which yeah. means I can go be successful. Yes. So, I mean, we don't have to like dig super deep into it, but like you, you've got some... You got like some real trauma that you've experienced. Yes, absolutely. And I believe that that's why it's so important to share my story. Mm. I believe that I used to be, once I moved to Cleveland, I even built a bigger wall because now I'm Art McCoy's daughter. And you guys Google my dad, Art McCoy. You'll see everything. You'll see my sister articles of her committing suicide, how we found her, everything. Mm. You'll see it all on Google. So listen, If I can be where I am today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad you feel your situation is right now, trust me, there is someone that wish they had what you had, that wish they were in your shoes or wish they were in your seat right now, you know? So going through all of that, me losing my sister, um, like six days after I lost my grandfather, it was like back to back. In and how high old school. were you around this, this high school? I was senior year. It was my senior year of high school. Wow. Senior year of high school. Um, but I, I say, you look, look, I'm not going to give up. Like, my sister wouldn't want me to give up, so I'm not going to give up. I actually go to college. Mm-hmm. Finally. Okay, wait. Oh, Then I became a rapper, okay? Okay, <laughs> okay rapper before or after college? Actually, my rapping started in middle school. My really? rapping started in middle school in Indianapolis. It was a way for me to express myself. Mm-hmm. So... I just was talking about this on Instagram because Skittles and Mary is two different people. <laughs> oh, but I, Skittles was the rap name. Skittles is our rap. Yeah, gotcha, my rap name. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My rap name. Okay. okay. I'm scared that this podcast is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we're going to look up the video. No, we're gonna look please. It up. <laughs> please. Please. If I see the views going up, y'all, I'm going to kill Dave. So. Yes, I used to be a rapper. I'm actually not ashamed about it. I feel like it's a part of my story. 100%. Um, it actually made me who I am today mm-hmm. because Mary was always very shy, very soft-spoken. I didn't really believe in myself. 
And when you are a rapper, it's kind of hard not to believe in yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you now have to prove to all of these people on this in the crowd and make them move and make them feel a certain way like Mm -hmm. you can't go up there like hey guys i'm about to you know like you gotta command a presence which is why i believe that i'm successful you also have to know as a music artist how to read the room like okay i might i was about to open to this but this crowd is a little tough i need to open to this or hey you know you need you also learn how to build strong relationships Mm -hmm. being a music artist or being a local artist when you know like okay this club is gonna let me in for free these people are gonna give me studio time so you learn to build strong relationships so i'm actually not um i'm not Ashamed. I'm ashamed a little bit of the music. Well, you watch I yourself did. back. Okay. <laughs> what, what kind of music did you do? Just like ghetto. <laughs> just like like it, it can't even be like trap. I don't know. It was just like crazy music. It was, I but it. I was on then though. Yeah. Like yeah. I filled a re- uh, theaters with just my presence. And what did what'd you go to college for? You guys, I went to college for fashion merchandising with a double minor in business management and marketing. You know what's so crazy? You telling me that right now, it all makes sense. You got a background in all of that because you built the Cupcake Mafia brand and now you're managing businesses and you're marketing, right? So for those that think college don't work, there's some, like you've learned some things. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Like, so I was a music artist, right? And... The crazy thing about it, you guys, even in Indianapolis, going through all the poverty that I went through, I ended up on a very large tour. Yeah. Like, I ended up on a very large tour with, like, Bow Wow. And, really? Yes, like, Bow Wow, B2K. Like, I, I did, like, six dates. Oh, I did, like, eight dates on the tour. Mm-hmm. But I just, we could not keep up financially with going on tour. I was, like, literally the first person on the stage when the lights came on. Like, right. and, you know, the people that, like, dwindling. Right. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> But I was on the tour, though. Right, like, right. I was on... Uh, I was on screen tour. Were you not making money on the tour? I mean, when you're an opener, it's like, do you want this opportunity? Like, you know, like, they covered expenses, but I don't think I was getting paid. And I was also in high school. So it was kind of like high school tour. You're not there yet to where you're making thousands of dollars and you can quit or homeschool. So it was kind of like that that experience but that experience let me know that I needed more out of life because I literally went back and was depressed like wow I was on stages I was this I was that and like one thing that really made me write that letter to my dad is one day I was supposed to perform at like our community talent show and it's like really really big like they take buses they fill up the buses of kids and like this was my day. I I had I could win like two thousand dollars or something like that. Mm. So I knew I was gonna win. Like I was in my room practicing. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> like <laughs> I knew I was gonna win. And um, I got up. I got dressed. My uncle, who always like gave me money for grades, the same uncle who gave me the money for Christmas. He get he came over and gave me money to get out to get a club to get a um outfit from the dollar store. Mm. So I got my outfit. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna store? kill. Yeah, because that was like the only thing in our neighborhood, like a family dollar, Mm -hmm. which they carry clothes in the family dollar. I mean, actually kind of nice. So I grabbed the outfit from family dollar. I was like, okay, I'm going to be fly. Like, I got it. And that morning I woke up and I was like, mom, like, oh my God, I got this talent show. She was like, no, I have things for you to do around the house. I'm like, 
no, mom, like, and it's, this isn't my book. I have a book out called um, The Icing on Top Ain't Always Sweet because I think that some people look at just the person at top on the yeah. top and you don't really know, like, inside of that glass, you don't know what that cupcake tastes like. You don't know what that cupcake went through, like, before it got fully iced, yeah. you know? So that's what my book is about. And I tell this story, and I remember it, like, yesterday, like getting dressed, super excited, super ready, hair done. And my mom was like, you got stuff to do around the house. And I'm like, no, mom, I don't. Like, I'll come back and do it. I promise. Like, whatever you need me to do, I'll come back and do it. She's like, no, I don't really want you to go. And and I'm like, mom, no, like I can't not go. Like I can win $2,000. And she's like, yeah, God told me, God told me to not let you go. And I sat on the couch and I like heard the bus pull up and like honk. And she's like, no, you're not going. And like my heart dropped. And she's like, actually, I need you to clean the alley. Change your clothes. And we changed, I changed my clothes and we swept the alley with our bro. Like the entire alley. At that point, I was broken. I was broken. Like I didn't want to exist. I didn't know what to, I'm like, my mom hates me. So all throughout high school, when people, y'all, I've never really shared this story like verbally. So it's kind of like, it's very hard. Um, But all through high school, when people be like, yeah, I love my dad. I love my parents. I would, they'd be like, you scared you love your parents? I'm like, yeah. Uh Like, I never really could say like, yo, I love, my mom has, like, but now as an adult, and I have a daughter, I understood, I understand now all that my mom sacrificed and went through to make sure that we were good. Especially when parents are like, moms, single moms, like I commend you, I salute you because I, I don't know if I could do that with my daughter now. Like it's a huge responsibility. And my mom was a single mom of three and she never left us under bridge. You know, we were homeless together. We stayed in a, a storage unit together, but we were together, yeah, you know? Sure. So I commend her for that. But in that moment, as a kid, as a, what, I don't know, I think I was in like ninth grade. In ninth grade, you don't you don't know that. You yeah. don't feel that. You just feel like, why would she take the only thing that I love, the only thing that gives me expression, the only thing that gives me joy, and something that could give us financial freedom, yeah away and have me sweep an alley and after that that's when I started to write the letters to my family and that's when my dad came and moved Mm. me to Cleveland and so I kept doing music um I actually got signed with like a promoter in Cleveland and he had me on tour with everybody like everybody Nicki Minaj Gucci Man. what year was this oh my god this is like 2000 and for mm. like years ago, wow. 2004, 2005. Mm. Um, and like I was touring, opening up for everyone. Um, that's probably the stuff you guys will see online. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. And so like I was literally filling arenas, songs on the radio. Like, and then he was like, okay, I want you to quit college. Like we need to really go full time. And I was like, I'm not really comfortable doing that. Mm. I really didn't want to quit college and make music my only plan, you know? And so what I 
I would tell people not to give up on college because college made me see a bigger picture. Before, I was like, oh, I'm a music artist. Like, I'm going to beat this. All, everything is just going to land in front of my feet because I do music. But getting into college, I realized, like, no, you actually can create a business. You actually need to learn how to market yourself. You actually can get a job. You can do this. You can... The things that I thought, like, were just hobbies, mm -hmm. which is, like, you know, styling or whatever, it's actual jobs that people wow, have. Right. And, and it made it tangible to me. Mm -hmm. Being able to move to Atlanta, y'all, I went to Kent State University, mm -hmm. which is a small college. It's, it's not really a small college. It's a university. But it's a smaller university in, in uh, Kent State. And it's not like the most notable college in the world. But you learned a lot. Right? I learned a lot. And also, they have a study abroad program. Mm -hmm. And study abroad could be like anywhere, like right. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so I took advantage of this study abroad program where I was able to go to a school in Atlanta mm -hmm. for six months, like a right. semester, right. and pay my college. Mm. I was able to go to New York for six months and pay my college. So was that was, when you started Cupcake Mafia? Yes. No, 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 no. I started Cupcake Mafia after college. After college. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yes. So I, I was able to do all these things. Now I'm in Atlanta. I'm moving and shaking. I literally... I think this this podcast is going to be so long, but... <laughs> it's all... Look, they're here. We, okay. locked, we locked in. Y'all, I was literally going on Craigslist, right? This is like in 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. This is when the music industry was hot. Like Atlanta music scene, like, yep, in my wife. Right, right. You know, like, <laughs> this is when the music scene was hot. So I was going on Craigslist, like, looking for video shoots. This is where they used to find models. Mm -hmm. So I'll, like, okay, put in models or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, cool, I'll show up. And they'll be like, oh, you want to model? This is that. I'm like, no, I don't want to model, but I want to style. Who's the mm. stylist? I want to help you. Right. So therefore, I was getting like so much, um, getting so many relationships and getting so much like hands-on experience mm. being a stylist or being a helper or being whatever. I needed getting around the artist. Like, oh, no, your hair is sticking up. Like, let me right, flatten it. Right, right. You know, just building those relationships and being a servant. Mm. I need you guys to write that down. Be a servant, right? Because mm. even still this, to this day, now that I've made millions of dollars, I'm still a servant. Mm. I'm still a servant. I learned those things back in 2000, years ago, uh, you know? Yes, and I, I, I want to get into how you're servicing your clients. But before that, we... In, 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 if we can go over, like, Cupcake Mafia, and ha we don't have to, like, kind of go into how you built it, but yeah. the deal that you had, I want to understand more about how you build this company, then someone takes it from you, and you got to buy it back. Yes. So Okay, so I leave. Let, let me just sum it up. I leave Atlanta. I move to New York. I get to New York. Now, in Atlanta, I'm hustling. Like, mm. I work with Jeezy. I work with Lloyd. I work with all of the artists. Like, everybody was calling me to help mm. them out. And these artists had so much money at the time. They were just giving me 10 bands, 5 bands. Go to Linux Mall. Grab mm. this for me. So, I was lit. Okay? But I had already styling the program. Artists. Styling gotcha. artists. Yes. Being a PA. Being a personal assistant. All of those things. Um, and then, I, because of my program with Kids States, all of this while going to school, because of my program with Kids State meant when you leave this school, you go to New York. Mm. I had already set it up prior. If mm. I if I didn't, I would have just stayed in Atlanta right, right, and right, went right. to that school. But it was already set up. So I had to leave and do my next semester in mm. New York. 
I get in New York and I'm like, okay, it's gonna be the same vibe. Like these artists are like, it's a hundred of you out there. Like, no, nah, we don't need you. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I get a job at Topshop and I become head stylist, head stylist mm. at Topshop with the six months of information that I had from Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta yeah. I'm telling you guys that whatever journey that you're on right now, God is preparing you for something. Mm -hmm. I didn't know in Atlanta being a stylist and moving around like I was moving that I would actually walk into a corporate company. Topshop was the, it was the first store in the U.S. So the New York store was the first store. Mm -hmm. So all of their marketing, all of their, everything was put into that store. All the celebrities walked in that store. Right. Everything was in that store. I walked in with a purple mohawk <laughs> and they were like, you look like a stylist. Are you a stylist? I was like, well, yes, I am. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> Last and six they're months. Like, yes. well, you, do you have experience? Well, yes, I do. Right, right. <laughs> Ain't got not a lick of experience. <laughs> but um, I sat I set with them. They hired me. I even... I even undersold myself, really. Because mm -hmm. once I talked to the other stylist, she's like, no, you could have got like triple what right. you asked for. But I was just happy to be in the building. I was happy to have a job. From there, my first day of work, I met Miley Cyrus. My mm. third day of work, I met Eva Lagoria. Like within weeks of working there, I met Rihanna, Missy Elliott wow. at that top shop, right? Because celebrities went through the back door up to the fourth floor. Mm -hmm. And that's where the stylist or head of head, head of style could pull clothes from Topshop and create a rack for the celebrities to look through. Mm. Right. So my journey goes, I'm getting, I'm getting to it. I'm getting yeah. to it. You guys listen. So I started at Topshop. I loved it. I didn't want to leave, but my college said, you can't stay at that school. You have to come back to graduate from our school. You where was, can't, where's Kent State at? It's in Ohio. In Ohio. Gotcha. It's Kent, Ohio, like a tiny so town. Atlanta, studying abroad, Atlanta, oh. New York. And every time, it seems like every time you get something rolling, they're like, nope, yes. come on back. <laughs> yes. So I finally had a great job. Was so excited. Every single day you walk in the job. Like I, I, um, I styled, uh, the lady who sings, uh, girls just want to have, uh, 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 I can't think of her name right now, but I styled her, mm. right? Like, alleged, like, I styled legends in this store. Like, from me styling Rihanna, she invited me to her album party. I started getting free oh, wow. studio time. Like, it was just like things, the doors of life were finally opening up for me, right? My school calls. <laughs> like, nah, you have a, you're a little too lit. Come She's like, back. yeah, come on back so you can graduate. I'm like, Oh my God. So I'm, I'm fighting. Should I just drop out of school right, right. on your last semester mm. <laughs> or do you stay in New York? So I went back to school, graduated, mm. fell in love, oh. got married. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was too young, too lit. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was just, I, I thought like, I'm never going to meet a guy like this again. And it was so different, you know, with me being in the music scene. Yeah. And like, I feel like guys always felt like they knew what I wanted. Like, oh, you want to go to Benihana's? Are you like, no, I actually just want Starbucks, you know, like, <laughs> right. so he was different. He was foreign. He was from Pakistan. Mm. He was oh, Muslim. Wow. I was Christian. He didn't even really speak a lot of English when we got together. Mm, love like, it, it was got just no language, different. <laughs> love it, got no language. 
I it was just it. different. And so, yeah. you know, we tried to make it work and it didn't work. And then I, in the mean, while that was, while that marriage was going, I um, went on tour with a really major artist, like a huge Disney star, which because of my contracts, I don't want to talk about it, but a huge, huge Disney star. Remember, I just mentioned her in my last the last conversation about working at Topshop, mm. it's all about relationships. Right. So while I was at Topshop, I met her publicist, right? Mm-hmm. Me and her became really good friends. She said, hey, we're going on tour. I literally just got out of college like a week ago. Mm. Literally just got out of college. She's like, we're going on tour. All you got to do is pay for your travel. Everything else is paid for. Villas, nice. everything else is paid for. Nice. It's going to be a great internship. Like, just come. I'm like, what? What? Come to Europe by myself? How is this even possible? I don't know, right? So I get, I take, I ask all my family. This Now, I don't know where my dad's money was that I was talking about a while ago. <laughs> but this year, I asked my dad, dad, help me. Now, my dad, because he lost his is, only is child. This, is this when you started Cupcake Mafia? This is... Oh, this is it's very imperative okay, to me you, starting gotcha, Cupcake gotcha. Mafia. So I get um I get to Europe. My dad doesn't give me the money because he doesn't want to lose another daughter. Mm. He's he my dad had hadn't traveled since he lost my sister. He wow. never went anywhere, anywhere, not to another side of town. Like he wouldn't even go out of our town. He wow. felt like if he was there with her, he wouldn't have lost his daughter. Mm. And so he's like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. I'm not giving you no money. I don't want you to go. But I scraped up and I got $300. And this is imperative, you guys. Right now, $300. So I got $300. I booked my flight. I don't know. Flights is real cheap then. I don't know. But I booked <laughs> my flight. No, they they paid for my travel. Mm. All I needed was spending money to oh, be gotcha, there. Gotcha, gotcha. So I had $300 in Europe for 30 days. Okay, mm. so I get to Europe on a wing and a prayer. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to have to sell out here. Might have to sell myself. No. <laughs> but I'm not missing out on this opportunity. Right. I'm kidding, guys. I would never sell myself. Um, but I get to Europe. I'm working for this artist. Every day they're giving me this white envelope, but I really don't know what it is. And I, in the, in the publicist, it was so much stuff going on. Publicist was so busy, I couldn't ask her. One day she calls me, hey, um, this artist needs you to go run and get a pair of shoes. Here's the address. I was like, hey, hey, while you're on the phone, I have like six white envelopes. What do I do with them? Where can I meet you to give them to you? Because every night this club owner or this promoter, the person who's doing the tour, is giving me this white envelope. She's like, yeah, it's it's your payment for being on the tour. I added you to the writer. Mm. I'm like, what? So every day on tour, I'm like, what? 3,000 euros a day. Wow. A day for being there. I did literally nothing. I went and got a shirt. How much does that amount to? It, came, it, it was like about like 2,000 something, like back a in the day. day. Yes, yes. Yes, a day. Just got out of college a week ago. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Okay, so the tour, half of the tour gets canceled. The artist is crazy. I mean, not crazy. The artist is wild. (laughs) Very wild. If y'all look up articles, y'all know. Very wild. The tour gets canceled. I go back to Cleveland. 
I have all this money. This money is bought, burning a hole in my pocket mm. on the airplane. I asked dad. My dad picks me up. I'm like, take me to the Range Rover dealership. <laughs> oh, crap. He like, okay. We get there. I'm like, ready to pay for it cash because I converted all the money at the mm. airport. <laughs> like, so what? I got the money on me. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm about to stunt. Like, I need a peak range over name in the season. And he, like, pulls me out of the dealership. He's like, no, you need to invest in a business. You need to pay off your college loans. Like, what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> and so I started looking around, and I eventually partnered with a guy who had a retail store. And he taught me the game about magic trade show and mm. how to get into things. And because of that, and I seen the... I seen when I went to these trade shows, the millions of dollars that they're making with this apparel. And that's what made me want to start Cupcake Mafia. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that even though we were still partners in our boutique, and at a young age, I was making so much money that I probably would have never made without this guy. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was more. I knew that my small boutique in Cleveland, Ohio, can only attract people from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. At that time, it wasn't no online stores. It wasn't yeah. eBay, Amazon. It wasn't all of that. So I knew that we could only make what Cleveland people was willing to pay us. Mm. I needed to create something that the world could support. Yeah. And that's why I created Cupcake Mafia yeah. with $300. Wow. wow. I went to Europe with $300. I started Cupcake Mafia with $300. Mm. So that just goes to show you that, one, you have to have relationships. You got to know that guy showed me Magic Trade Show. Yeah. He showed me, okay, this is where you buy clothes. This is where you get blanks. This is how you get things printed. This is how you print labels. This is how you run an actual business. Something that college isn't going to teach you. And then while you're styling people, you're getting, you're like kind of honing your style, your fashion sense, yes. right? Like even back to when you're getting outfits from Dollar General yep. where you got to put it together, yeah. right? Yeah. Your whole journey is leading you up to these moments. Yep. Yep. And I, so, I hope people really understand, like, embrace the journey. It's going to show up somewhere. It's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so imperative, you guys. Like, back back then, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so counted out. Oh, they sleeping on me. You know, everything that people that are going through is safe. <laughs> I was that person. <laughs> and it eventually evolved. I started with $300. My first trade show, I got into a thousand retail stores. Mm. I didn't even know how to fulfill all those orders. Right. I was literally, I went to Walmart because I'm like, and, okay. And for those that don't know, a trade show is where other brands set up. It's not as popular as it used oh, to yeah, be. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But people set up and like store owners from all across the country go to all Vegas and say, hey, I want to put this in my store and they go shopping. Yes, right. yes, Absolutely. And so with that being said, I did my first trade show, got it to really great stores, and I just kept it up, kept mm. building relationships, kept showing up. Even when I felt like, oh, orders aren't going to come. Oh, this is so expensive. Kept showing up. My very first trade show, when I had just recently got divorced, mm. I met my husband that I went down. The shout very out first. <laughs> shout out to Mr. Zola. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I say his name, you get giddy. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I met it. him at that trade show. And, you know, we were, we were just talking but about business. And every February, every August, I seen him. Every February, every August. And I think it was like two years that went by. And then one August, I was like recently single. Mm. He's like, yeah, you got to let me take you out sometime. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> Today? <laughs> and ever since that night, that night, we went out on one date and we've been together ever since. Amazing. Eight years now. Amazing. And so with Cupcake Mafia, you guys, 
Um, How big was it at its height at this point? Yeah, at, at its height. So I, my first year, I did $100,000, mm-hmm. right? But you got to have a great accountant when you're starting a business. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking you can nickel and dime. Stop thinking you can uh, just, oh, I'll just open up a QuickBooks account. I'll, I'll just, y'all, I made $100,000, but I spent over $100,000. Mm. So I literally didn't make money. It was just like money turning, money turning, right, money right, turning. Right. Which a lot of entrepreneurs know you probably have experience yeah. just turning the 100%. money. <laughs> One year I made 250000 I walked home with $30,000. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I had a very bad accountant. It went all out the drain. Then the next year kept growing, kept growing. At my height, I was at $2.4 million. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is just me. Yeah. No corporate, no investors, no rich boyfriends, no loving hip hop, no nothing. Right. Just me hustling and grinding. But I was wearing myself thin mm-hmm. because the, the larger the order, the larger the manpower needed and yeah. the and the 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 money that's like smaller needed. The margin, yes, right? yeah. yes. And not even smaller the margin, the more you have to put up to yeah. put that order together, yeah, you know? So I'm getting a, I got like a $50,000 order from Jimmy Jazz, right? Mm. You know Jimmy Jazz? Yeah. Okay. I got a $50,000 order from Jimmy Jazz and I had to hurry up and produce it and they needed it by this date. Their rowdy guy said, if it's not at FedEx on this date at this time, if it doesn't make it to our warehouse, like the order will be canceled and sent mm. back. You guys, it is the day of I'm waiting at my manufacturer for FedEx to pull up. They don't come. I call U-Haul. I call, like, this order is so big, we couldn't get a U-Haul truck. I had to literally get a, not like a semi-truck, but like halfway. Yeah, like and, and what people don't understand is, truck. and it's not like they give you half up front. It's like, you got to fulfill it. Yes. Yes. So how much did it cost you to fulfill that order? Like $20,000. Yeah, so we got to come out of 20000 up front. And then they ordered so much of one product, right? They probably ordered four SKUs. So mm. four different T-shirts. Right. So imagine, I have like $10,000 of each T-shirt. How am I going to sell right. that particular style on my website? Mm. Like, it's just impossible. They have the manpower. They have the stores to do mm. it. So... I I call around. I'm like, they ask, like, have you driven a box truck before? I'm like, yes, I'm certified. I'm this. <laughs> I don't know. Just give me the truck. So we pull up. We, they don't even ask. I don't think they were about to close. We get the box truck. Literally, me and five girls put all of these bikes on the truck. I pull up to FedEx. I got cash in my hand. I'm like, I paid every worker here to stay and scan every box $100. Like, please, $100. I don't care. $200. Like, right. $300. Like, whatever. Wow. They all stayed. They scanned every box. And from there, like, I cried my way back to deliver. I'm like, if making money has to be this hard, is this for me? And that's when I said, okay, I got to re-strategize. I got to figure it out. I tried to do business in China and kept failing. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work because I'm ordering hats in summer that that I think I'm ordering hats at the beginning of, at the end of winter, thinking they're going to arrive in summer. They arrive in fall. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not working. Mm. It's now, my business was too trendy and we were too late designing to deal with China. Right, right, right. It was too trendy. I literally... And making margins off of song lyrics. 
So when mm. Drake album comes out, the song lyrics is on the shirt tomorrow. Stores are ordering. I can't plan what Drake is going <laughs> to say. <laughs> right, right. So that's what was my business at the mm. time. It was so trendy. So I said, okay, I got to get help. I go to Magic Show. We get millions of dollars in orders. Forever 21 walked up to our booth and gave me a $1.4 million purchase order in my hand. Mm. How can I produce from Forever 21 when I could barely make it to Jimmy Jazz one time? I didn't Mm. want to ruin that relationship. So immediately I got in, I started asking all of my big brands, Jeff Staple, Ron Bass. I started asking all of these people that have worked with Forever 21, work with large retailers. What do I do? They say, you need an investor. You have to have somebody that knows what they're doing, somebody that can get it. The goods aired from China. You have to get your margins for your shirts low. They gave me the game, right? They gave me a list of resources. Luckily, I had guys like that. Guys. Mm -hmm. Guys that were willing to give me the game. Mm. As a few females that were in the same industry, they were like, "Uh but the guys were willing to share the information. Mm. So I started taking all these meetings, taking all these calls. Now, when you've done done $2.4 million on your own, These people going to answer the phone. Oh, 100%. They already are, have heard about you yeah. and waiting for the phone to ring. So they were wowing me, flying me on jets. I ain't never been on a jet. <laughs> flying me on jets. All of these things like, wow, give it. Oh, we will we will give you $200,000 in salary. You ain't even got to touch it for the brand. Mm. For the brand. What? You know, as an entrepreneur, you take your money and put it into the brand. Yeah, all, all of it is just mixed together. At yeah. this point, it's like, do I want the bag or I want a business? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so actually having $200,000 just sitting there, yeah. like collecting dust felt good to me. You know, yeah. I felt like I wouldn't struggle anymore. Oh, a penthouse overlooking Central Park. Oh, our office is in Times mm-hmm. Square. You'll be able to go on trips just to, just to go, um, and pick fabric swatches. You'll be like, oh, what? And how old are you at this time? At this time, this was in 2015. Mm. 2015. So I was like 25. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, they sweeping you off your feet. What? Sweeping? <laughs> like, when I tell you all I can see is the dollar sign, like this light, it was blinding me. The dollar <laughs> sign was so shiny, like blinding me. Okay, then my I had a lawyer at the time who was mm. really good because, of course, using other people's song lyrics, you're going to get along. Oh, yeah, you know, you're going to get along. Got to have an all day. <laughs> you're going to get a couple of letters in the mail. I actually got a letter from Beyonce herself, like, handwritten letter. Like, I love what you're doing, black female killing it, but, like, please stop putting me in your mouth. <laughs> 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 and, and next, and actually her tour merch was very similar mm-hmm. to my line, like, oh. previous. So she was like, I'm going to take this idea and win with it. And she did it. And she all had all rights to do oh. that. Um, so I built this brand. You know, I'm getting the calls. They're sweeping me off my feet. My lawyer, Peter Rosenthal, who's the same lawyer who, like, negotiated a lot of big deals, like Rockware, mm. like, like, a lot of, lot of big deals. Um, he then was so busy. At Magic, it's February. Mm. All Every brand is being sold. Mm. Every brand is partnering with the investors. Every brand is negotiating terms with Macy's or dealers. Mm. Like So he's so busy. He's like, Skittles, wait. Just wait. If they want you now, they'll want you later. Just wait. I'm like, Peter, what? 
like, it's like the, uh, you know, the little treat in front of the dog. Right, like, yeah, what, sure. what? I'm like, I can't wait. Like, right. Forever 21's delivery date is, is in three months. Like, it's no way if I don't sign right now that we'll be able to produce this because I was thinking that my value had a timestamp. Mm. I was thinking that because my brand was trendy and the apparel had a timestamp that the value of Skittles and the value of what I put in had a timestamp. Wow. So I was kind of more lenient about what I signed because I didn't know my value, mm. right? So sometimes when you're at a job that you hate or you are in a situation that you're not happy with, it's only because you think that your value has a timestamp. Golly. And what was the deal? So I signed my thing going in because I talked oh, what to What did a, you think the deal was? Oh, yeah, let me tell you what the deal yeah, actually yeah. was. What I thought, oh, I need to own 60% of my brand. That's what David John told me. I need to own 60% of my company, right? So I'm like, okay, I need to own 60%. I want to get travel free. I want to do the stuff that nobody cares about on black and white. <laughs> nobody cares about. So I'm thinking, okay, I need to get this. I need to get that. I, I want... Uh, just little stuff, like stuff that I think about, I laugh about now. Mm. So what the deal was, right? And they were like, yeah, we're going to give you, you you own 60% of your brand, but we'll own your IP. We'll own your trademark. You'll also be on a board, a board of directors where we all can sit down and strategize how we it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. See the vision of the brand. A board? Yes, I need to be on the board. Mm. I need to be on the board. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Okay. <laughs> Tell your friends. Mom, I'm on the board. Yes, okay. I need to be on the board, right? They also said, we're actually going to take all of the money and put it into a holdings company. And this holdings company will pay you 60% and us our fair share. Just a little percent, mm. right? All right. You feel like a boss? I felt like a boss. I said, <laughs> oh, and they was like, you know what? Because we know that you're in New York and time sensitive because of Forever 21's deal, which is huge for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to hire you a lawyer. We'll cover all the lawyer costs. We got you. You can pick here. We'll bring three in and you pick one. Of course, I picked the guy that looks like me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I picked the guy that sounds like me and I feel like I can relate to. Yo, you know what's so crazy? You saw the uh, the Dave Chappelle joint? Yes. Oh I know you my felt that. God. I know you felt that. Literally. Yeah. With you guys, if you haven't seen the Dave Chappelle, please go watch that mm. clip. It's literally my exact same I scenario. It's my exact same scenario. Mm. I I hired this lawyer. He said, listen, you know this company is very notorious for taking people's brands. They about to take my brand. I made this brand. And I got 60%. Yeah, and I got 60%. And I'm on the board. And and all my followers on Instagram, they don't want to play with me, right? Right. He's like, okay. He's like, listen, I want you to know that at the end of the day, if your brand doesn't make it, you would have made a lot of money and can start something else, right? I was like, please, if I start a Cupcake Mafia, I could start anything. I could make, all I need is the money. Mm. All I need is the capital. And that's why people are signing so many bad deals because most of them just need the money. Mm. Most of them just need the, the capital. We're so tired of slaving for our business and slaving for our brand. If you look at all of these, look at, look at the founders from McDonald's. Mm. They needed the money. They needed the money. That's why they signed their business away because they needed the money. Look at Kate Spade. Look at Betsy Johnson. Look at all of Juicy Couture. Mm. Look at Bobby Brown makeup. They needed the money. They were small entrepreneurs, had grew big businesses, but they needed the money. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. One of my amazing friends 
has a brand and used his own name, he now cannot use his name like Dave Chappelle. He wow. needed the money, right? Mm. So we needed the money. So I signed the deal. A week after getting in the office, I'm like, something is weird. This is not, where's all the happy staff that was here when they welcomed me? Hey, welcome to the ship. Like, where's all the happy people? What is going on? I had 160 employees that were unhappy. I had 160 employees every single day at my neck. It was, I was better when I had eight. Mm. I got more done when I had eight. So the, the deal on paper was. The deal on paper, yeah. the deal on paper was that you own 60% of the holding company. But they own. The holding company. And so I only made 60% profit. What about profit. Cupcake Mafia? Yeah. Cupcake Mafia was in the holding company. So I only made 60% profit of what was brought in. So it was like, okay, I only owned, I wish I could get my phone and pull up the deal. I only owned like 60% of 40% because the holding company was split in half. And they got this big portion and I got this little tiny portion, but it was 60% though. So it was a holding company that all the money from Cupcake Mafia goes into. Yes. But in the the holding company, they own 50%, uh, let's just say 50% of the holding company. Yes. And you own 60% of the other 50% yes. of the holding company. Yes. Yes, exactly. Wow. So is that 60% of the full net? Is that 60% of the full gross? No. It's only 60% of the 50%. And what they decide to put in that? Holding company. Mm. On top of that, yes, I was on the board, but I was a B member on the board. So all the A's, all the A members, people that don't look like me, people that don't sound like me, are the A members of a brand that I built to $2.4 million. So they could mm. tell me what I needed to do. I was their puppet. So when I walked into their office, right? When I walked into the office and I signed a deal, they knew, oh yeah, she she's oh she got connections, she got relationships. Oh, she's gonna bring this in, she's got ideas, she's brilliant. One day I rolled into the office on a hoverboard. They were like, Skittles, you can't ride here on a hoverboard. They made a whole email. No hoverboards in the office. I'm like, okay, cool. So I bring it in one day. The, the VP, he says, let me see the hoverboard. I'm like, yeah, check it out. He's like, can I keep this overnight real quick? Of course, I'm thinking we're building relationships. Mm -hmm. He keeps the hoverboard overnight. The next day he comes in and says, that, that was cool. It was really good. It was really good. Two weeks later. Hey, hey guys, we have a whole hoverboard company started. That hoverboard company made $2 million in four months. Oh. Did Skittles get a percentage of this hoverboard company? Did Skittles get a payment from this hoverboard company? Did Skittles get a anything, anything from the hoverboard company? No. Oh, and my then, And then they tell me, hey, we need you to come up with an idea to bring the brand up. You made $2.4 million. Uh, we're at the 3 million mark, but we want to see 10 million in one year. I'm like, why? When this brand you had didn't make a million in one year, this brand, we have to build. We're new. We're getting to, you know, we're starting to operate together. Like we have to build. 
They were like, yeah, we just need to see how hungry you are. We need to see, you know, your your mm. your brilliant mind. Okay, cool. I'm That's like, okay, cool. Crazy. I said, we are already in major stores. We're already in Jimmy Jazz, Ladies Foot Locker, all of the big streetwear stores. What about if we took what Juicy Couture or any of those bigger brands did and create multi-sectors of the brand, right? So we'll have Cupcake Mafia, then we'll have Sweet Cartel, then we'll have like Billion Dollar Mafia, whatever. And that could be sold in Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, mm. and Sweet Cartel could be sold in Burlington Co. Factory, TJ Maxx, and City Trends, mm. right? So I already know the buyer of City Trends because they've been trying to get Cupcake Mafia for so long. Mm. So I create a whole deck. I create a whole PDF. I call my my girls, which remember I was big on styling. Mm. So I was styling the OMG girls when I was in Atlanta. Right. So I call OMG, who's really big in sound. OMG girls, you know, T.I. Yeah, they were huge. So I called them. I'm like, hey, I got a really big deal. Like, let's collaborate on it. You guys can be the face of this brand. It's going to be a city trends. It's right in your market, you know. And they get on They get on the call. Everybody's happy. City trends is wowed about this presentation I put together. And everyone is excited. The company I was with, the owner, they go back to the table, start doing the numbers. Okay, well, actually... We don't want to create another brand. We just want to sell them Cupcake Mafia. No. Why would we sell Ooh. Cupcake Mafia when all of these brands can't be... This brand cannot be carried across tiers. Right. Females don't shop like that. A, a, a female that is going into Forever 21 is also not going to want to know it, that it's in City Trends for $2. Right. For $4. Whatever. Our customer doesn't shop like that. I'm not willing to do that. Well, if you're not willing to do that, we're going to have to start firing people. Now, remember, I had a few ride or die staff members that moved to New York with me, mm-hmm. moved their families, moved their mm-hmm. kids, moved everything with me to New York. So, of course, they're like, I know that she's such a homey person. I know that she's so in love with her staff. She's not going to fire nobody. So she's going to either say yes. I said, no. Well, fire them. We got to let them go. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're telling me that the only way to make it not sell my brand to City Trends, which I know is going to wipe out my brand, is to sell, uh, I mean, is to let my staff go, well, then let's let my staff go. So they're like, okay, took a long time. They started letting a few people go. I, I ended up getting them other jobs because I have relationships. Yeah. So I got them other jobs. They weren't in New York stressed. So... Eventually, one day, the, the relationship is getting broken. Like, even when I see them, they don't want to talk. I would ask, oh, hey, can we set up a meeting to go over, you know, next term, whatever. Uh, oh, we're busy. Oh, we're this. Oh, we're that. It's just like, I see the relationship breaking. Then I they went through a firing spree. And they fired the CEO of the biggest brand that they had there. Mm. The biggest brand that they had there, they fired the CEO. And I was like, okay. I'm new. I, he, he's been with them for years. They're, he's older. He probably is fighting them a lot. You know, like, I'm brand new. They're not going to fire me. Then they fired the second guy that was supposed to handle the Forever 21 deal for me. Now, no Forever 21 deal. Okay, it's cool. They have a really good relationship with Forever 21. So, me be optimistic. They have a really good relationship. It's, it's cool. We're going to get it. 
they fire another CEO. Now, this guy is the guy who told me to sign with this company. And let me tell y'all that you need to be careful who you're taking information from, right? Because if I give a ham sandwich to a homeless man on a street, he's going to be much more appreciative of that sandwich than a billionaire, Mm -hmm. right? My friend who signed with them, who his brand was in Forever 21, when he signed with them, he was a, he was pretty much homeless. He was living with his grandmother, like in the basement, yeah. you know? So his information, the feeling of comfort that he got from them is much different from me when I've just left making $2.4 million sure. on my own. And I have so, I'm living in a penthouse in Atlanta. I have I have the life. I have the G-Wag. I have all of these things. So the ham sandwich that that guy was appreciated for, was appreciative for, is not the same. It's not not how I'm going to move. So I signed thinking and believing and hearing what he had to say about them. You understand? So they fired him. I'm like, oh, no. Okay. Now I start looking me, I'm a numbers girl. Like, I'm a really big analytics numbers girl. So I started looking at calculating. Okay, I'm the next up because I'm the highest paid person, not on the A board. Mm. I'm the next up. So I started creating other brands, just thinking, strategies, what I'm going to do. One day they're like, hey, we're going to um, fly you to Atlanta to do a trade show. Bring your, bring your luggage in. So I have a little dog. I bring my luggage, my dog. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm like, what time is the flight? Like, <laughs> when are y'all sending me the tickets? Like, what's going on? So I'm like, okay, I, I, I've seen this scenario with someone sitting in the exact same chair that I'm sitting in mm. too many times in this office. And I kind of prepare myself. And weeks prior, I started to feel energy, started saving files, email lists, you know, mm. things like that. So I walk into there. I walk into the office. They're all surrounding. They're all surrounding me. They're like, oh. hey, um, you know, we really wanted to try out this women's department thing. Like we really was really trying to work hard on trying out women's, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it, it's not really fitting where we are. And, you know, we already told you that we were going to have to start cutting people down because the brand wasn't supporting the finances of those people. Mm-hmm. And like, we no longer need you at Cupcake Mafia. I was like, wait, mm. what? Hold on. Wait, what? We no longer need you at Cupcake Mafia. And if you look at the contract, here's the contract. B, we own your trademark. C, you're a B member on the board, so you have no say in this meeting. Here, you will get 60% of what the brand generates from this holidays company every two weeks, just like, you know, every month or whatever when they paid me my residual. Um, oh, yeah. And your your last paycheck is in two weeks. I have an apartment in New York, which is $4,000. I Were they paying for your apartment or no. like... Because I was on a $200,000 salary making 60%, they felt like you could cover that. Oh, so so they were paying you $200,000 a year. Yes. Plus 60% of profits. Yes. From the holding company. From the holding company. But $200,000 a year, I'm an employee. I only work six months. Right. So when they fired you, that's why they're saying your last check is coming in two weeks. Yes. Because you're not going to get this $200,000 no more. Yes. Yep. Interesting. 
So then they, they own your IP. They own your trademark. They own my trademark. I can't use, say, put Cupcake Mafia on anything because they owned it. Right? So listen, you guys. Mm, 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 mm. Now, one thing that I'm going to tell you that I was, I am, I believe that I'm extremely smart. When I signed with that company and I started to see the red flags, I told them I needed to hire my people, right? So I hire my social media manager. I hire my web developer. I hire my photographer. I hired all of my people. So they never had access to my social media account. They never had access to my GoDaddy domain name. They never had access to the servers that we were using. They never had access. So of course, when they, when they fire me, they're like, oh, we need access to these things. Ah, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. You're not getting it. Right. So I remember walking out of that office like... Oh, and they said, oh, did you leave space in your suitcase? Because you can pack your desk up with it. Wow. You can't access our email servers. You can't get into your our showroom. Everything, your fingerprint has been denied from everything. But we'll walk into your office. You can pack up your desk. Mm. I walked out with my suitcase and my dog. I walked across the street to a soup place. I sat there and said, who should I tell First, who do I call? Who will understand? What do I do? Like, what mm. do I do? I call my I call my boyfriend at the time, which is now my husband. Mm. I said, babe, I just was fired from my brand. He says, I'm booking you on the earliest flight. I need to hug you. Oh, you better marry that man. <laughs> <laughs> I hung up the phone. Wow. I got to the airport. I got... Okay, let me go back a little bit. So when things started to get rocky between us, they said, we want to close your Atlanta store. We want to open a big store in Times Square. We want you to have all these Times Square meetings with the Times Square board and all these different things. And I was doing it. Like, mm. Times Square board, hi, yes, I'm Mary Seats. I'm 26 years old. I bowl a lot. They're like, ma'am, no, we're not giving you the store. <laughs> but I, I, I'm doing all these things. And they're like, yeah, on this day, we're going to close the store. And I say, no, like this girl has been working for me, has been dedicating her time. She has kids. Like I can't close my store. So I went to them crying with literally tears in my eyes and said, please let me buy my store out of this deal. This is a store I didn't even, I leased the store. You know what I'm saying? It probably wasn't even making $6,000 a month, but it's the thought of me having something that I owned outside of what they owned. So I bought my store out of the deal. And let me tell you why that's so important. Because when I moved back to Atlanta, when I decided, okay, how are you going to pay $4,000 a month to live in New York? Where are you going to work? Mm. You Who you know out here? Yeah. I decided to, that suitcase that I took to Atlanta, I never went back to New York. I had movers come, right. pack up all of my things in that apartment. I put my apartment on Airbnb. Mm. The air, money that I made from Airbnb Covered my store rent. Mm -hmm. I lived above my store. I, it's a store. It's, it's a live workspace. So it's a retail at the bottom and it's an apartment at the I top. I didn't know where you lived there. Yes. I didn't it's an apartment that. at the top. So I lived in one of the rooms. Now remember, all of my luxurious furniture is in New York mm -hmm. on Airbnb. So I put an airbed in that room and it, I stayed there for six months. So they let you buy the store though? They let me buy the store How for $10,000. 
They gave me a $30,000 signing bonus. Mm-hmm. I gave $10,000 for the store. Mm-hmm. I gave them $30,000 for a warehouse, for a um, factory in China, right? Because we were having a lot of complications with my stuff getting out later mm-hmm. than other their other brands. So they were like, well, let's partner up on a factory in China. I'm 26 years old. Do you think I know what partnering up with, on a factory in China looks like? Right, so right. I'm just like, okay, how much do I need? Because I, I, I always wanted to be like, they're never going to big bank, little bank me. Mm. So whatever I need, I don't care how I'm going to get it. I'm going to come to the table as equal as them because mm. I'm on the board. You're remember? on the board. <laughs> I'm on the board. <laughs> so I need to show them that I got money right. and they can't just nickel and dime me. Mm. So I give them $30,000 for a factory in China that I never seen. Mm, that I never went to. This company is a bunch of savages. That I never had the address to. Right. Never. One one time, actually, a, I think it was like three weeks before I quit before I got fired, one of my customers in Dubai needed to ship a package back. And he was like, I'm not shipping it to the US when China is right there. Right. Like I need the address in China. So they fought me, fought me, fought me, fought me. They finally gave me the address. Okay, so they gave me the address to ship it back to our factory in China. Now, I kept that address always in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, this is how I knew when I went to China. Okay, I'm going to get to that part. Come on, come on. This is how I knew exactly where to go, exactly where factories were in order for me to open up my factory in China, Mm. right? But let's, let's, let's move on. So six months, I'm struggling. I'm on air bed. I'm crying myself to sleep. My boyfriend at the time never questioned me. Mm-hmm. I was like, should I get an apartment? Who are you impressing? Should I get my hair done? For who? Like, right. I'm good. I love you. Like, you're straight. <laughs> you're fine. Because he also, at one point in time, had 10 stores. Mm-hmm. He also had to humble himself and, yeah. and live here and live there and eat ramen noodles to, to support his rents yeah. and support his business. So he knew, oh, my, my girl going to bounce back. Yeah, you feel me? Sure. So I... Humble myself, slept on an airbed. I started to ask my amazing friends, what should I do, girl? Oh, my God, I don't know what to do. One of my amazing friends, Alex Will, she says, Skittles, if you built a million-dollar brand, build another one. (laughs) I was like, literally a light bulb popped on in my head. She's like, get on live, get on Periscope. This one Periscope was big. She's like, get on Periscope, tell your story. Other people will be inspired, start selling e-courses, like start motivating people. But before, I used to always feel like, ugh, my information, like it's just my information. I don't know if it's going to work for nobody else. That's when I started the ISA agency, which is now a multi-million dollar marketing and branding firm. So all of this to say, now that I'm getting to the the heights of my life, right? I want to let you know that whatever you're going through in this time right now, God may be moving people out of your way. Mm. It was destined for me to sign that bad deal, right? Mm. Get fired in six months because in that six months of working for them, I learned how to work with China. Yeah. Remember, I didn't know sure. previously. I learned how to work with China. I learned how to send in tech packs. I learned how to communicate. I know, learned, I programmed my body to be up at 3 a.m. because it's 3 p.m. there. I, I programmed my body to work at 11 p.m. because it's 11 a.m. there and, and, and stay up to 3 a.m. when it's 3 p.m. there when mm. they're getting off work. Mm. I programmed my body to know that. I understood that I needed to 
um, learn Mandarin. I, I knew that I needed to, I, I create systems. I understood how to work with 160 employees with different cultures and backgrounds that I've never seen before and different energies and all of that, th- all of those things. So in that six months, I learned how to do big business and operate a big business. Mm. I also learned that you're never going to want to be middleman again. Yeah in that six months. But before that, remember, I was like, oh, shipping packages is so stressful. Oh, order, all these hostess. Listen, when I got back on that airbed and I started my brand again, because remember, I still own the domain name. Yeah. I still own the Instagram. So even though I could not use the trademark, mm-hmm. I was, cre- people just knew my brand. They knew the fonts. They knew that they knew the 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 way that we aligned our product. Mm. They knew the phrases, so it didn't matter if I had logo on the product. People were still buying the product. Mm. It got so bad, which is why branding is so important. Right. Would you buy a Nike hoodie without? There's plenty of people in this world buying Nike hoodies that have Nike nowhere on it but in the tag. Mm. Nowhere on it but inside the tag. That's branding. You got to have your branding together first. And that taught me that hard lesson because on a airbed, I made $160,000 in from, from November to December selling ugly Christmas sweaters, Mm. trendy, ugly Christmas sweaters. I sell them on Amazon. I sell them on Etsy. I sell them on um, my my website, I use influencers, people that I had relationships yeah. with to continue to promote it. I made so much money from an airbed, right? Mm. Then I started my courses from an airbed. Then I opened another retail store because at this point, my, my lawyer is saying, now nah, we had to go back to Peter. <laughs> I know I, Peter's like, I told you. Yes. Soon as I was, first of all, Peter is not cheap. So it was 10,000. When I left that company, I had about Mm $18,000. $18,000, people like, $18,000 is a lot of money. Not when your lawyer is $10,000. Not when your rent is $4,000. Not when whatever, your employees. Mm -hmm. Like that was a month worth of expenses. So I literally was like, get an apartment and go lose my business yeah. or sleep on an airbed and thug it out and get my and build my business. Mm, real quick question. Yes. Did you ever buy the trademark back? I'm getting there. Okay. Six months on an airbed, right? Now they are ignoring Peter. Like every email, every state, everything, we're sending notarized, every every everything. They're ignoring him. So I said, okay, Peter, as much as I want to play the nice role it's been six months. My retailers are blowing up my phone trying to figure out if they're ordering my brand for, in February's trade show. Mm-hmm. I need to tell them something. Wait, just wait. I'm going to try a different strategy. I said, nah. I cannot. What they knew was they knew who Peter was. They knew that I cannot afford Peter. They knew that eventually if they waited me out, I would be out of money. I would be out of business. I would be out of fights. But they had the wrong girl. They were waiting on the wrong girl. They were waiting on the wrong girl. So six months later from an airbed, I make a cover of a book, right? I have my friend who writes for um, Black Enterprise write up a press release. Black 
small business CEO robbed from her business, the black Steve Jobs, Mm. the black female Steve Jobs, right? Because if you guys know Steve Jobs' story, it's very similar to my own. Very, very similar to my own. And we don't meet people that have went through things like me. But now you hear with with Dave Chappelle, Mm. but how many other entrepreneurs that have got beaten or got ripped out of their business, but they don't talk about it. Mm. They're embarrassed. They're sad. Oh, now they just become a, a singer or now they're this. Or now you're like, what happened to that brain? Yeah. They don't want to talk about it. Right. Mm. I was mm. not. Nah, God didn't give, God didn't let me make me no loser. Right. Mm. So I said, OK, I wrote a, a cover of a book. I knew that I was going to New York to, to end my lease on my apartment. Now, remember, I learned how to do Airbnb. Today at this time sitting right next to you me and my husband have 21 airbnbs wow me and my husband have a airbnb empire my husband starts airbnbs for celebrities and nfl players and athletes Mm. all over atlanta all over la all over miami but god had to give us that technique Mm. he had to put me on the airbed and make me airbnb my apartment to understand that that's a stream of revenue Right. So you guys, it's about the journey. Six months on the airbed. I I, I write I make a book cover. I uh, write the press release and I send it to them the day before I was going to New York mm-hmm. and said, hey, oh, then I heard word that they were selling my brand to uh, a Chinese company. Mm. They were going to sell my brand. The brand, the, the company that they were going to sell it to emailed me because they knew that I owned the Instagram. Mm. And they were like, hey, we're going to buy the brand. We will pay you more for the Instagram. I was like, if you buy this brand, you're never getting the Instagram. I'm going to ruin the brand. I'm going to be like, this brand has been stolen. Never support this brand. Mm. Now support. Because I had started a new brand at the time called Official Girl Game. Mm. So I was like, support. I would just change the Instagram name to Official Girl Game and tell everybody not to support Cupcake Mafia, right? Mm -hmm. So they were like, so they... Was like, oh, we ain't buying this brand. Like, crazy <laughs> right, CEO. Right. Like, no, we not buying it. Right. So I get to the office. Uh, no. So I emailed them and and they reply. Mm. Ain't replied in six months. Yeah. They try to sell it. They try to get that bag. They reply. They say, hey, oh, wow. Um, oh, it's so nice to hear from you. You could come to our office. Now, at this time, I don't got my lawyer. My lawyer's out of town. I just got my goddaughter. She's like 10 at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, wh- I don't even got the right people to go in there with mm-hmm. me. I'm like, God, you got my back? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we walk in the door. We sit down and negotiate with them. They say 500000 600000 to mm-hmm. buy your brand back. 100000 We get all the way down to 100000 so I'm like, no, I'm not buying it back. Like, you guys give it back. Like, what are you going to do with it? It's, it doesn't mean nothing to you. They're like, yeah, but now we have all this inventory in our warehouse. Mm-hmm. Now we have all of this, you know, we've used, now we have all of this debt over the IP. So we need to clear this debt before we give it back to you. So I like step outside. I'm like looking at my bank account, like looking at my PayPal, looking at my Amazon, looking mm-hmm. at my Etsy. And then I call my, my boyfriend at the time. I'm like, look, how much do you think we can put together? Like, if you were to help me, I don't know if you even if you can help me, but if you wanted to help me, what could you put up? What could I put up? Like, I'll pay you back, whatever. So we ended up coming up with like sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. So I came in, I'm negotiating twenty thousand, forty thousand. So basically, I ended up giving them sixty thousand dollars. Wow. 
for a brand that I started, for a brand that they had for six months, for a brand that they profited off of. You guys, I never knew how much they were making my shirts for. My shirts were being sold for $30 and $40. The shirts cost $2. The shirt cost $1. Then they would, on the expense sheets, they would say that the shirt cost $10. The shirt cost $12 to get it from China, right? Because remember, they were still making money on the back ends. It's their factory. Wow. So they own the factory. Own the factory. They paid $2 for the shirt and sell it to the company for $10. So they make money in between. And- Wait, sell it to the company for $10. Sell it to the retailer for... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. $14. Sell it to uh, consumers for $40. So on our website, the shirt was $40. Remember, they made a percent of that. The wholesaler paid $14. They made a percent of that. But they only bought it for two. But the holdings company says the expense was 10 It's so unethical, but I really want to, like, talk to them and see, like... <laughs> <laughs> because, like, if you think... Like, they are thinking 10 steps ahead. 10 steps ahead. And I, and I think it's so special that you went through that. Because yeah. now when you're conducting business... I see why you are so vicious. Like, yo, you know your stuff because you've been through it. I don't play. I don't play. I don't play with any of my clients. My clients. Okay. So then let let me just go back to this. I walked into the office. I, I gave them 60 grand. I bought my purchase. I purchased my brand back, which is just a piece of paper. Mm. The only inventory we had was old inventory. Mm. Remember, it's been six months since we had the brand. So it was old inventory. So I had to go to China and figure out because I have all of these retailers that are wanting to wanting my brand. Right. Mm. Supposedly, supposedly. So I give them 60 grand. I got my paper, my trademark. Oh, my God. Was Peter in on this? Yes. Okay, good. good, good. Peter was in on it. (laughs) Peter was in on it. So I got my trademark back. I said, oh, my God, Jesus, thank you. I get back to Atlanta. Now I have the retail store. Um, I opened one retail store. That's what really pissed them off. Mm -hmm. And that's what got them communicating. The book, the press release, and I opened a retail store with the name that I'm not supposed to be using. (laughs) So finally I celebrate, I open another retail store. Now these are, this is three retail stores from an airbed. Mm -hmm. What is the name of the company? I can't put the name of the company out there. Was it in there? Was it like in the, uh, in the contract or something like that? Yes. Okay. I can't put the name out there. Um, 
I'll tell you privately, Gee, but I can't. Because I, I want to see, I want to like Google. Yeah. All right, hold on. Put it, in, put it on my phone real quick. Okay. I need to see this. <laughs> Yo, what in the world? This is a roller coaster ride. A roller coaster ride. Oh my goodness. So, the, uh, uh, okay. So, okay, okay. I, I get the brand back. I, at this point, it's, my, it's around my birthday time because I got the brand back in April. Right. It's around my birthday time. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, says, um, hey, where do you want to go for your birthday? Because we always went on trips for our right. birthdays. I said, he's like, you want to go to the, like Bora Bora, Maldives? Lots to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I want to go to um, China. He's like, you want to go to China? I'm like, yes, I want to go to China. So we went to China, hustle and bustle, cried every day. Like, what are we out here doing? This is crazy. I don't even see people that look like us. How are we going to find a factory? What am I going to do? Did you go to that address? Go to the address. Knock on the door. I'm not, Amy. Say her name was Amy, right? Amy opens the door. Mary, what are you doing here? We were wondering what happened to you. Oh my God, like, let me give you a tour. They don't know. Do you think the owners told, mm. you know, the the factory, oh, we don't work with this brand. No, they're, they're so welcoming. Remember, six months, I was on the phone with her every single day. We were friends. We were, oh my God, did, did, did he send you here? Did, did Mike send you here? Yeah, yeah, he sent me here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared. So, give me a tour. I'm like, Oh, this were area where Cupcake Mafia was produced. No, no, no. Cupcake Mafia has another factory. No. Cupcake Mafia doesn't have another factory. No, 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 no. We bought another factory to produce women's product only in this factory. We bought another factory. No, this is the same factory that Mike has always owned. Cupcake Mafia is produced right over there in that corner. Mm. I gave them $30,000. For their own factory that they already had. So you paid them thirty thousand for a section of their company. Their I paid pro- them thirty thousand to be produced in the same machines Goodness that every other brand was produced gracious. at. So I'm like, wow. So I start learning information. How long has the factory been here? Wow. How I thought, oh my God, I can't believe we this shirt costs so much. Blah blah blah. It don't cost that much. Here's the because remember, we're friends. Mm. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. So she's like, no, look, this is an invoice from this, this is an invoice from that. Wait, this was a dollar? This was three dollars? Wait, this is six. This, oh my. A leather jacket with full graffiti, patches, gold zippers, hang tags, everything was eight dollars. We sold that jacket for $1.99. Wait, what? 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 I'm like, oh my God, thank you. I can't, I can't, let's go to dinner. I can't wait. Actually, we're actually trying to buy another factory. Do you know any others for sale? Yeah. Joe is selling his factory. Mm. Stacy's selling her factory. Do you have their information? Yeah, I'm out here. Like, had to figure it out. Oh. And then walking oh. in a bank in China saying, if I'm going to give $30,000 to a man that doesn't look like me in America and be scammed, why wouldn't I try in China? Yeah. yeah. And I did it. We went in my factory. I, I could show you pictures. I'll actually send you the pictures so you can put it in this podcast. Um, I went from literally 30 employees to 160 employees now. Now it's COVID and we're taking a huge L, mm. a huge L, but how, 
five years, I've been winning with the factory. Wow. On top of that, on top of that, I created a second business, which is Girl Mob, where I take female entrepreneurs to China. To China. And I, this is making sense when I see yes. you taking people to China. Now. Got it. Yes, Got because it. I wanted other females to know you don't have to get middleman. Yeah. All you need is faith and relationships. The relationship is with me, who's already been to China, who already knows the ropes, and you need faith to even go on a trip with me. Mm. That's all you need. So let me tell you what I did from an airbed. For those that are in an area of their life right now that they're like, man, I'm on an airbed now. I opened three stores from an airbed. I bought my retail store. I bought my brand back on an airbed. I met B. Simone and signed B. Simone, who's now a multimillionaire from an airbed. I opened a factory and purchased my own factory in China from an airbed. I signed a $1.4 million deal with CD Trans from an airbed. This is the same deal that they fired me from my company because I did not sign City Trends and came back and signed it with me. Whatever you're going through right now, God will move people out the way. He didn't want, he needed me to understand, humble yourself. Because when you were at the top, I didn't hear from you. You didn't talk to me. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't pray. You didn't come to church. You were oh too busy. Boy. I had to put you on the airbed. Well, the airbed kept deflating for six months. So you rolled over and ended up on your knees anyways. Right. Mm. And while you are on your knees, I'm going to show you that you need to pour into others, because when I give you these riches, I want you to make sure that you're using them in the right way to pour into others to help. Remember, remember, Skittles, when you were at that magic trade show and no female entrepreneurs wouldn't give you the game. Mm. Only guys did. Why do you want to be that same person? Wow. I'm going to open you up. I'm going to let you know that your information is so valuable. I'm going to literally change your mind and change your mindset. And now because of that, I have a multi-million dollar branding and marketing company where my clients pay me hundreds and thousands of dollars per month because they see my value. Mm, so one, we, we, we got to wrap up and I, we have to have a part two. Oh my God. Yo, this has, oh my gosh, this, this may be one of the most educational um, podcast for business. This particular episode, I learned so much because I'm going through some things. Not not yet. It's like I'm going through some things where I'm soon going to be signing contracts and stuff like that yes. for equities and stuff like that. So this is like in my head. I'm like, ooh, I know that trick now. Ooh, yep, I know yep. that. Trick. That is amazing. So the, the the next time we do this, I okay. definitely need the game on influencer marketing branding because yes. you are the queen yes. of that. Thank you. You guys are, you're, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. You are an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Listen, if you're watching this, I definitely need you to follow Skittles and just let her know um, if something, if you felt something, right? I just, appreciation goes a long way. Like, yo, yes, I heard it's free. your story and it was, it, 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 it really, really resonated with me. Your journey is, that's why we have to go back to the story of <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yep. Oh, it all makes sense. my God. And this is why now I'm able to, like, it goes back to me being a servant. Like, with my clients, I'm a servant. With B. Simone, I'm a servant. With Candy, with Tamar, I'm a servant. I understand what the information that I have inside of me. Mm. I may not want, I don't want to be in the windows of foot, foot action. But knowing that my information, my relationships got that deal done, a multi-million dollar deal, 
You know, like I'm okay being behind the scenes and being the servant. And that's why the icing agency is so amazing because I literally don't commit to anything that I'm not going to give 100%. And also my clients know that if you sign with me, I I always tell you that I'm if I can't help you, I'm not going to hurt you. If I if it is no if I can't bring nothing to the table, I'm not sitting down to eat. Mm. Period. It's too many people that come to a table and sit down and want to eat from the table. But you ain't bring a recipe. Mm-hmm. You ain't bring an ingredient. You didn't mm-hmm. bring a plate. You didn't bring a, nothing. You just bringing it to go box. Mm-hmm. With all of my clients, I'm bringing something to the table. So, you guys. Oh my gosh. Thank check you. out my new ebook. Yes, yes. <laughs> it will be. It will be in the description. I promise you. We are going to. Um, we are going to have Skittles back on, like, not too far Y'all after this one. Y'all have to let one. me like, know if you want me back. Oh, they yes. They have to let I, you I know in the Absolutely. comments Absolutely. or on your Instagram or on my Instagram. Y'all have to let us Absolutely. know. I'm not coming back until y'all let me know. Oh, that's what's... Yo, the, the comment... Yo, first of all, the people that watch this podcast, they be in them comments. Okay. And they are going to let us know. <laughs> okay. Man, this was amazing. Uh, well, get I, I, I want you to, like, close out, give your give us your information. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do a quick commercial real For quick. Sure. Okay. So uh, this podcast, as always, is sponsored by The Morning Meetup, okay? The only community that gathers every single day for the empowerment of entrepreneurship. So this morning, we literally had 340 people from all across the country joining in at 8 a.m. This month, we're talking about finances. Another month, we'll be talking about social media. Every single month, we have a different theme. It is amazing. Can you come speak? You yes, speak one more? of course. Let's go. Let's go. So listen, I need y'all to comment. Like, I need you to go to, in her DM and say, you need to be on The Morning Meetup. Okay, yes. so go to themorningmeetup.com. You can start your trial for just one dollar, and I cannot wait to see you inside. So, Skittles, please um, let us know how we can find you and then close us out with a word of wisdom. Yes. You guys, I hope this has been inspiring. Um, I hope you learned a lot and stayed the entire time. If you want to work with me or my agency, if you started a brand and you need marketing, go to theicingagency.co.com.co. And if you guys are looking to grow on social media, you've seen that I've grown a lot of multi-million dollar and small businesses into big businesses. I have an ebook. That is very inexpensive. It's 10 hacks to make easy money on social media. Mm-hmm. And I literally give you my steps. I give you all of my hacks in that ebook. So if you don't get anything else from this podcast, please go click the link in my bio on Instagram and get that ebook, which I'm telling you. You can look at my Instagram. I have thousands of reviews there if y'all want to check me out. <laughs> I'm the review queen, okay? Um, but... If I had to end this with any word of... Before you get there, yeah. I forgot to ask a question. I like to make predictions on the podcast. Okay. okay. So where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? And I want you to say it today so that we can look at this five, 10 years from today and say, wow, Skittle said she was going to do that five, 10 years ago. We have the YouTube video. Wow. So what do you, where do you see, what do you see yourself accomplishing in the next five, 10 years? Okay, so the first thing is I want to be on a first name basis with Beyonce. (laughs) I want to be on a first name basis with Beyonce. I think that my brain and the things inside of me will amplify. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much you can amplify, but I know that the strategies that I have um, could totally help. Could totally. 
be great for her. Mm-hmm. So Beyonce, um, I also want to work with a lot of large corporations. First off, that's just amazing. That like, there's something in your head that says, "Yo, I can make Beyonce better and bigger." And bigger. And bigger. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. It, I just feel like there's a lot of areas that Beyonce don't tap into. Mm. A lot of areas. And, like, come on, Beyonce. Y'all y'all take me. <laughs> yes. I, I want to be on a first-name basis with Beyonce. I think that, you know, how I serve would fit well in her camp or her community. Um, I also want to... I have an orphanage in Kenya. Mm. And I want to open a school in Kenya and make my orphanage bigger. Um, I also want to have, like, grow my girl mom. Mm. And I want to fill up private jets and take them to China. Fill up private jets and take them to Africa. Fill up Mm. just a private jet full of girl entrepreneurs, bosses. That's it. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, those are, those are like my goals. Again, I want to work with large corporations. So I want to be the reason why, you know, Amazon's marketing scales or Chick-fil-A or I love branding and marketing. So I just want to tap into all of those areas. Um, And if I had to leave you guys with something or one of my favorite quotes is a slow rise to the top is better than a fast fall to the bottom. Mm. Explain that, explain that, explain that. Okay. So we see it every single day with music artists. They jump to the top of the charts, right? We can name like 20 artists that we just see like last summer. Yo, that was the song of the year, song of the summer. And then where are they? It's because they had that fast, they had that fast rise to the top. And if you take your journey slowly, moment by moment, day by day, it's just like climbing on a ladder, right? If you take all the steps to get to the top of the ladder, once you get to the top of the ladder, you're going to be sturdy. You're going to be good. You're going to be firm. You can do whatever you need up there at the top. And then you can walk back down slowly. But if you jump to the top of the ladder, the ladder from the pressure is going to tip over. And that's what most entrepreneurs are trying to do. They're mm-hmm. just trying to take a quick fix, a quick hack, a quick this, and jump to the top. But that business is not sustain- sustainable because you didn't learn everything you needed to learn on the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Most artists that make a hit single overnight, that, that's all they had was that hit single. They didn't learn everything they needed to be to be an artist, to be well-trained, to be media-trained, to have great PR, to pour back into their community. They didn't learn all that stuff. They didn't learn how to make a hit, how to grow a hit. So they crash, right? Mm. So a slow rise to the top is better than a fast fall to the bottom. Look at Jeff Bezos. He started his garage, then to a larger office, Mm. then to a larger office. Then he was like, you know what? I'm losing so much money with UPS and USPS. Mm -hmm not getting my packages there on time and I have to eat the cost, I need to now become the shipper. I need to now own my own shipping company, but it was slow. It just, all of a sudden, you just started seeing blue trucks pull up at your doors (laughs) on Sunday. On Sunday. And you're like, what? (laughs) And you're like, yo, the concept that this man opened, started his business in his garage Mm. and now has massive warehouses and fulfillment centers everywhere and owns the shipping company. Yeah. Mm. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a treat of an episode. Make sure you um you you reach out to Skills. I promise you. I just need y'all to comment, shoot in our DM. We gotta do a part two um, because there's there's so much in terms of social media marketing and branding and and working with all these influencers. That's that's gonna be another Yes, that's episode. gonna be so, that's gonna be a So make sure you reach out to Skills. Thank you so much Thank for being you guys. on the show. All right, man, appreciate it. Listen, go get some social proof, okay? Be the success that you want to follow. I be that person. We're out of here. Peace.